Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well and I trust you're enjoying the 2023 50 Most Relevant where every single day for the first 50 days of the year, We count down who I believe the most relevant players for you to consider in your fantasy football side. Two players have already been revealed. If you haven't checked out those articles or podcasts, make sure you go and do that. Aaron Hall, Angus Brayshaw, those two boys are in the can and you can go and check that out. In at number 48, a potential, well, controversial, maybe not a strong word, but someone that you're like, nah, I hadn't thought about him. Chad Warner is in our list. Joining me on this episode, as he did just a couple of days ago, I got Kane back, mate. Hello, how are you? Good, MJ. You don't make them easy for me, do you? You don't just give me the give you the hard the ones. Line. Should have given you the oh, Gus one, shouldn't I? I'm you, so get sorry. Me the, you get me the thought-provoking ones. That, you make yeah, me... I know you put a lot of time and effort into the list, so whenever sure. you throw me the name that I'm going to be talking about, I do go, okay, at least he's thought about this. He hasn't just... You know, spun a wheel and picked on a club, and then he spins yes. it again, and he finds That's, the player. Well, some people so think I, I do I, that. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. But this is an interesting one. Uh, I think it, there's a format that this guy lends himself to a little bit more. Yeah, I think draft is obviously Ooh. quite important on the value, and when you get him, I think you know maybe AFL fantasy with the extra trades is a bit easier. But I know this is your concoction of every format draft. All in the mix. Melting yeah. together. So, well, let's talk about Chaddy. Chad. 21 years of age, midfielder eligible. And last year, he delivered some really strong scores. Uh, his top scores from last year are also his career high scores, and understandably so, considering he's played less than 50 games of league football. 127 against the Dockers is his top AFL fantasy and dream team score, while against the Bombers, in Supercoach, his top score last year and for his career is a 155. In his third season, he averaged 88.67 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and a 96.8 in Supercoach. And we talk about the fact, Kane, that he's played less than 50 games of league football. And when you've got the pedigree of teammates sitting alongside him that play through the midfield, the All-Australian from 2022 in Callum Mills, a previous All-Australian and Premiership player in Luke Parker, in your midfield core, not just rotating through. And then when opposition teams go, you know what, we need to try to stop a bloke. Who are they going to? Well, twice last year, they went to Chad Warner. And it's purely, I suppose, Kane, because as good as those guys are as midfielders, there's something damaging and super special about Chad Warner. Oh, 100% MJ. He, he just pops, doesn't he? When you look at the 2021 season, when we had cottoned on that this guy was going to be a regular in the Sydney team, mm. we knew he had great junior numbers. We didn't get yep. much of a look at him in 2020, but the start of the 2021 season... He was a cash cow for us, by the way. <laughs> big cash cow, but... Didn't he just grab the eye straight away? Absolutely. His explosion out of the stoppage... The one that always sticks in my mind, I think, when it really hit us that this guy's like a genuine, one of the best players in the competition upside, 
was that Richmond game in round three, 2021, when he kicked that goal out of the middle, burst burst out of the stoppage, long goal, finished with a ton in both formats that season. And it was just incredible, wasn't it? We're just like, wow, this is his first hundred of his career. It's against Richmond. Yeah. It was just, it just captured you, you know, 20 touches, five marks, five tackles and the two goals. And, you know, even after that, there was a couple more nineties. We know he did start to fade out and then he got, he got injured, um, was able to claw his way back into the team for their final against the giants in 2021. But, um, you know, we did miss a lot of footy. And then last year wasn't in round one with, with Jake Lloyd due to that really late COVID announcement that came through. So, um, you know, we saw him in round two, MJ, and um, he showed that burst again. He showed that power. He showed that explosiveness. And um, he grabbed one of those midfield slots. And that was ultra impressive for a guy that at that point, you know, had less than 20 games to his name. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Last year, he ranked across the entirety of the AFL sixth for goal assists and inside 50s, as well as finishing top 15 for meters game. So he doesn't just set up his teammates. He impacts the scoreboard himself as well. He is a goal-kicking midfielder. He kicked 17-22 across the whole AFL season. And he had just four games all year where he himself didn't impact the scoreboard himself. From a fantasy perspective, let's look at those numbers. That average of 88.67 across Dream Team and AFL Fantasy consisted of eight tons. Look, just the one score breaking that 120 marker with a 127. While in Supercoach, though, and maybe this is a little more of the format that, that Kane was alluding to at the top of the episode about where his scoring tendencies and ability kind of leans to higher is he averaged 96.7 across the home and away season 10 tons three of them were over 120 one of those was a 148 and then that career high game 155 against Essendon I think Kane we've got to talk about his AFL grand final I know they don't count from a fantasy perspective but really he was a lone hand on that grand final 81 point loss against the Cats on grand final day Remember, outside of probably the first 10 minutes of the game, and even then it was maybe five, man, the Swans just could get nowhere near it. But Chad could. 29 disposals at a, at a rate of 20, 72% efficiency. 18 of those touches were contested. 10 clearances. Six score involvements. Five inside 50s. Three rebound 50s. Kicking two goals himself. A 113 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and a 126 in Supercoach. And this was when their team was dismantled from the get-go. Now, let's come back to that 2022 season and and then I'm keen on your take about where and why we should consider him. Is He's not yet a premium midfielder. I think we need to be really clear on that. He's He's on the cusp of it, but he's not yet. But when you're starting these guys in your early teams, your starting squads you're forecasting about what they could become. And so if you're forecasting for Warner, here are a couple of things you're looking for to grab a hold of. One, you're looking at that 2021 trend that Kane alluded to and you're going, all right, that and 2022 combined. Overall, that's a really nice trend. The fact that he established himself inside that best 22, really, really important. If you do the center bounce split, he goes from around about 53% of center bounces 
pre-buy up to about 72% post-buy. So he's really owning that role as a center bounce midfielder. But I think really what you're looking at, Kane, is you're probably isolating yourself to two four-week periods of the year to go, what could he actually be? Twice across the 2022 season, he had a four-game stretch of four consecutive tons. In round six to nine, he averaged 106 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team and 110 in Supercoach. He then backs it up again just six weeks later. Between rounds 16 and 19, he averages 111 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. And here's the kicker, 130 in Supercoach. They're small little capsules. But, Kane, when we look at guys, maybe even you you could contrast him to an Andy Brayshaw, there are a lot of parallels between these two. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable, MJ. Just that floor is still quite low. It and is. And the ceiling's not as high as I would have thought, but no. the averages are still really, solid. really solid, especially yeah. for a third-year player. So, you know, to be at 89 and 97, I just think we haven't really seen the pop. Like, there's been a 155 and there was a 148 super coach. Yeah. You know, there's been a 127 but you know for an average like that often you see a couple of 130s maybe even a 160 in super coach and he has that game like 103 dt was the 155 yeah the 127 was a 148 yeah you know he converted a an 87 to a 123 so for me super coach is the format but if i'm going to pick him in a starting squad for me it's there yeah and my expectation for that pick is we know you want the best in each line. And in the midfield, that's the top eight. But we also have to to use a little bit of common sense and think Mm. if eighth is just, say, 112. Sure, in the midfield. Let's let's pull it up exactly what it was last year. Eighth was Petrarca at 112.4. In Supercoach, yep. In Supercoach. 16th was 108.3. So eight points a game, yeah. Yeah, and, and even 12th and 13th was... Paddy Cripps and Walsh at 111.1 and 111. So over a year, we're talking 170 points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're talking about 22 points, really, MJ, if he got, you know, if he can get to 110. Mm. That's for me, if he's at 110, that would have had him as 15th in the midfield. But I'm only a couple of points off. I'm only a handful of points off that top. I think that's the important thing is, if you're one, if you're expecting one ten, and that's your hope, and that's your goal, mm. if he reaches that, he is more than fine as an MA. Uh, what you obviously absolutely. don't want to close yourself off to in that format is the top guys. When you're looking at Laird at one twenty seven, Oliver at one twenty seven, Neil at one twenty two, and, and Miller at one twenty, you don't want to close yourself off and not have room for those guys because those guys really are difference makers. Yeah, but the reality is you are going to have as you hunt for this best midfield, you're going to have a, a 112. Just looking at last year, Petrarca was 112. So He was still very good. For me, yeah. if Warner did his job and got to 110, that's a great that's pick. That's a big tick. That's a great pick because he saved you money in that starting squad, that valuable starting squad, to do something else. Well, just 14 players over 110 last year, Um in Supercoach, and just 18 players went 100. In the midfield, removing the DPP Dunkley as scores, only 18 did it in Dream Team and Fantasy last year. 
And so the gap that Kane's highlighting is, yeah, you want the top eight, top 10 guys. Absolutely. But if it's within a handful of points per game, that's not much because it's not just about what you do on that one pick. It's 86K, MJ, between Petrarca and Warner. It's not much, is it? And that's why a starting squad in particular is something that every time you look at it, you can make a change. Because by making that one change, let's say you did have Petrarca, you drop down to Warner with 80 and grab 86K. Where do you put that 86K? Now, we know when we build these squads, you know, the start of the season, you know, we're early January. Sure. You try to put a bit of fat on the rookies. And that is really what gets tricky is we know that, well, if a rookie comes out in that intra-club game or in that preseason, that official preseason game, and he's going gangbusters, they've got the role in their 200K in Supercoach. Unfortunately, even though you might have had a 117er, yeah, you might have had, you a, might have had a 123, yeah. you're going to have to get them. Yeah, And that's where this comes in, isn't it? You had Petrarca, yeah, he should be around then. Oh, Warner, I need the rookie. Or it might be another premium MJ. You might have, you know, had an Angus Brayshaw. Yeah, get we talked bit, about him yesterday. Get a bit, you get a bit cold feet and you go, oh, no, I need, I need to get up to Sinclair. I need to get up to Sicily in Supercoach. You use that cash. That's why it's so hard is every pick in your starting squad impacts another pick. So you make one change. It can now affect more cash. heaps of others. Well, that's and it. That's, and, and it's hard to get the balance because you go up and get a Jinbi at West Coast off a Dowling. 50, 60K right there. The Brayshaw or Hall, you know, who we've talked about already. You want to get up to the big boys. That's where that 50, 60K. So it's not just Petrarca versus Warner because for the most part, head to head, using those two guys, Petrarca will win. But it's the money you save and then reinvest elsewhere that now starts to make someone like Warner really enticing. Because last year, it was the year I've never seen that many mid-price or value selections pop so guys like jared witz out of nowhere off the back of an acl pops sicily career season charlie kerno for super coach rebounds massively canelios and gresham's huge value seasons um, these are just a couple of the names george hewitt's another in the back line we could throw in there all these holding pattern guys all worked across the format so statistically that won't happen again. But equally, I don't think we've got the same potential depth at this stage to run that. So our structures are going to look really, really different to 12 months ago, which is why someone like Warner for me is fascinating to consider because he's not yet there as a premium. I think he will be there eventually. The question is not if, but when. And we're talking about him for the starting squads, not as an upgrade target at the moment. But that's where it starts to get interesting. It's that, oh, that 50, 60K, I really need that. And that's where it becomes interesting because, you know, focusing back to Supercoach, the reason I think he's quite a nice start in AFL Fantasy too. I'm not bullish on him in in DT. I think um, I'd rather, if you're not sold on him, should I, I'll phrase it better. If you're not sold in DT and Supercoach, you can't start. You got to find the extra 50, 60K to get up to the Steels, the Petrarchas, the McRae's, the whoever. Or you're going right down to your Hoppers, your Warples, your Sheeds, these kind of obvious stepping stone guys. So if you're not sold in those two salary cap formats, 
you just can't start it. In in AF, you can set a four to six week stretch and go, right, if he's not going 100, 105, I'll jump off and get the moneymaker breakout guy that is. Fine, no worries with that. But he's an interesting spot, isn't he, Kane? Because he he's format changing, he's squad changing because the upside is obvious. The premium territory will come, but will it be now? And are you comfortable enough to go for it now? Yeah, and that's what you've got to weigh up. And that's usually what the early rounds are for. Mm. You know, if you've if you've lost confidence after two weeks that he's not gonna work, you know, look at a sarong last year who was carrying some injuries and had to have a break, like that that does happen with these picks. Yeah. But conversely, if he goes on with it and, he, and you think he can hold a one ten uh, these are the guys, MJ, that I would find very hard to trade into a Warner. Yeah. For the reason that, is it real? Because if you think about it, if you've been enticed into trading into him, mm. he's got off to a very good start. Like he's yes. probably having, averaging 115, 120. Because in Supercoach, probably 110 at, in DT, AF, yeah. Yeah, because if you're looking at those that midfield when we start at this point, like there's so many good options. <laughs> yeah. So, so to really... You know, as we say, you've missed out on the points. You've missed mm. out on that good start. Missed the value, yeah. So as as if he's one twenty through six to say, or through three or four, I'm starting to think. Well, I think he's about a one ten. So now that means he's only going to average about one hundred seven going forward. And so he's got the, the early buy too, yeah. Yeah. So at least with me, if you start him, you're saying, well, I I bought him, you know, high eighties in DT or AF. I bought mm. him in high nineties in Supercoach. And I've got that bit of value. That's right. Not just in what he's doing performance-wise, but also I've Gosh. reallocated those funds elsewhere. So I feel like he, he really does become, you know, a start or pass type of guy because it's it's hard to really, you know, what's your expectation then? You know, by that point, mm. he's probably made a little bit of cash or, or he's on the bubble. Is two games really enough of a sample size to think this is a top eight yeah. guy if you had doubts in the preseason? Now, we know there might be injuries and you might have a chance to sure. sort of course correct. And we've got a lot of DPP as we sit here early, Jan, in our squads with the guys we it's think true. will be there and thereabouts. Uh, but I think you've got to be really convinced in your heart that this is going to be a 110-plus supercoach guy. Yep. And you think that 110 supercoach is a score that you can have on the back of your, your sort of side. Yep. Uh, the, the buy is not ideal, unfortunately, not for, for a run-up and move. But also... No. The price point isn't a run up and move. No price no. is it? It's not a no. Jacob Hopper price. It's not one of these James Walker price guys that you think you can you can push on and then and then make a move. It's really. It's I a think you hold move. in in DT and Supercoach. I think it's you start and barring unavoidable circumstance, you're hoping he's in your round twenty four side. Um, AF is always different. It's always much more fluid in that format. So if if there's any doubt that he's not the one ten guy in Supercoach or at least a flat ton in in DT, you just can't get behind it and start AF. You can get a few week sample and and jump jump as you need. That's fine. But the thing we haven't talked about is the tag. Why did he get the tag over others? I think it's it's really quite simple, and and I think it will maintain this way too. Mills, probably their best midfielder in a in a pure sense, but he is so versatile that even if you think you can beat him at a clearance or at a stoppage, 
he'll break into space. He'll go back and intercept. And so he'll take that opposition guy that's been sent to stop him and he'll just run him to the parts of the ground where Mills can change the game and win the matchup. And because they're so deep through that midfield, even that's why we saw Mills get thrown into the back line because he's the one that can change and set up the game. Parker's the other one and Robottom are the other two primary midfielders. They're just hard-nosed, inside, beastie-type midfielders. So... Are you really going to really change the game by stopping those guys? Probably not. The reason you tag is you think by sending a guy to man another player, is it really, if you win that battle, shifts the odds seriously in your favor. What is Chad Warner? Burst clearance player. Burst from contest player and a goal scoring and a goal setting up midfielder if you can limit that maybe not stop him entirely but you can limit him okay you, you've gone a significant way to beating Sydney so I think that's why he has and will if teams choose to tag continue to be that option they come up in the first six weeks and again we're talking about him as a starting squad option the Suns the Hawks the D's Power Tigers and Cats in the first six weeks so the the Hawks and, and possibly port a, a, a tag games that they might look at there. Um, but but I think you're pretty right on, on Warner. Um, and that's got the thing, that is baked into the average already, though. It's not it like is, he's those never tag been games. tagged. He has yep. had some tag and games. And he'll get so. better at figuring it out. Yep. Yeah, I think so. And there's a few where you think with his Supercoach differential, um, he actually should convert some of those a bit more. A lot of his tag games, mm. and it's interesting, they were losses as well so you yeah. know, he's got a 68 dt that 70. was a 51 he's got a 59 and a 59 like yeah. you start thinking with someone like him they start still holding that 15 point differential in those tag games and then mm. we know when they win and really have a big impact on the result that's when you get the plus 20 30 and even 40 and 50 that he's shown differentials yeah. between dt and super coach and that's what I think, if he's going to be a 110, that's what you'll see this year. There won't be multiple, you know, sub-70 scores. There might be a handful, mm. but also there'll be a few more of those 130-plus games. I and again, so. it's, a, it's a brave coach, but with the pedigree he's shown already, and as you mentioned, not even played 50 games. <laughs> Playing in a team we think is going to be there, thereabouts. Mm-hmm. A lot of wins. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't if shock it frees me. up 50K to get you someone else that you really want, now it's about the combination. So he yep. right now, second, you know, second full episode done, now into our third, um, you're going, hey, he's not that important to me. Okay, well, maybe you start making some tinkers, some 50Ks up and down. All of a sudden, you see what Warner is. You see what he is trending towards becoming. Yeah. He starts to become a lot more relevant in your salary cap format. So maybe what you think he's going to be. Uh, let, let's talk about drafts. Kane, it's interesting. He's probably got M2 potential, but depending on the format you're drafting in, it's potentially an M3, maybe even an M4 slot you're having to do. But it's so hard this early in January to kind of predict the range of where your M3, M4s are going to go, but it does seem to be early days. Snag a top end forward in your first couple of picks and get 
get in hard and deep on those top end midfielders pretty early. Yeah, I think in Supercoach MJ, the upside is probably that M2 range because that mm. does sort of have him in that 108 to 112 bracket. Yep. Now, I wouldn't want to be really putting my stake in the grounds in a draft no. on it per se, um, just because I'm not getting that 86K up my sleeve that no. we spoke about with Petrarca. You know, he's on the board for me. So um, I think if you can get him as your M3 in Supercoach, yep. if you can get him as more of your M4 in DT formats. Yeah, well, that's really where good. he's ranked 41 for mids in Dream Team and Fantasy and 34 in Supercoach minus the DPP available options yeah, through which there. is what you have to do, which is what you have to do because they're always more valuable in their other line. Correct. Um, he just feels like to me, MJ, and this is always hard to say with these guys, but I do feel like at worst he's maintains his average. I think so. And that's and that's a very low burn factor. Yes. Really, really low burn factor if he's going to be basically, you know, very high 80s and very high 90s in Supercoach. That's just, mm. that's plug and play. It's not killing you. It's obviously not giving you the lift that you probably wanted. Uh, but I do see, yeah, five points minimum upside. Not even upside, sorry. I think he's going to go five points high. I think he's a 93 yes. to 95. In DTA. You know, with, about, yep. with about 80% of my confidence, there's, there's another 10% that says he's, you know, 102 plus in DT, 110 plus in Supercoach. Yeah. And there's always that little bit, isn't there, that says, okay, maybe he just holds or drops slightly. Um, but he feels just like a really safe guy. And it maybe doesn't have, you know, the buzz. Because there's even guys like Hopper MJ that's going to be way down the board. Mm. That that when you're talking about an 88, 90, that's sort of what he is. Yeah. There's even guys like, you know, fast forward six, seven weeks. If, if James Warple's up and about firing, like he's proven that he's a 95 guy. So, mm-hmm. um I don't think you're really going crazy for Chad. No, I don't but think if he you falls have to. to you and he's and he's around the 93 to 96 midfielders DT. You grab him. I think you know mm-hmm. he's a superstar of his team. There's not yep. role concerns. He's not going to nope. be out of the side because nope. we know in this bracket we've seen it with Fiorini. There's certain guys that you go, geez, they can score, but they're always a bit of a danger to be out of the team. Well, we talked and, about and this guy is not one of those at all. That's right. Well, we talked about role concerns on yesterday's episode with Angus Brayshaw. Now, he can score in every role that he's in, but where you're picking him on draft or salary caps, you know, hugely it is linked to his position. So I, well, I not think a wing role, right. MJ. That's the thing. He, he didn't it. score in a wing role. That's in, right. In the wing role he played in the premiership season, he didn't score. That's what that made him so, yeah. so incredible in 2022 was that yeah. with Salem injury, he got moved to defence. That's right. And then the team had sort of found a way to work around that even when Salem was reintegrated and we know he finished in the, in the midfield. As a CBA, yeah. But, but there is, uh, Brayshaw's right, he could he could go back to win. We don't we don't yep. know, but that isn't a scoring role. Whereas Warner, there is CBA none. player, yeah, that's what he is. He's already one of the best five players at his club. Correct. And there's some guys that are comparable scorers, but they aren't in the pecking order. They aren't like that. We, we know a Matt Crouch, MJ. Yeah, correct. Great, like, great scorer. He, he can he could match him in scoring. Totally. But there is no safety in his role. There's no safety. He's in the 22. But None. That's why my point being with Warner, you've got that safety. So for me, he does just sort of climb up to the top end of those guys that are in this sort of average range because he's just a better footballer. Better player is going to be in the team more. Totally. And just feels a bit more safer. I think that's a really good call. Hey, mate, appreciate your work on this episode as we talk about the number 48 most relevant player in 2023, Chad Warner. Thanks, Kane. Thanks, MJ.
if you want to go and read the article on Chad or the two other players we've revealed so far in Angus Brayshaw and Aaron Hall, you can go and check out those articles at coachespanel.tv or wherever you listen to this podcast, you can go and check out those episodes as well. Every single day throughout January, and through big chunks of February, in fact, the first 50 days of the year, podcast at wherever you're getting this podcast and an article landing at coachespanel.tv. Tomorrow, it's time we head to the forward line. We've done defender, defender, mid. Let's spice it up and hit into a newly dubbed forward. Is he that relevant? Oh, I think he really could be across your formats. If you want to know who he is right now, just become a Patreon at our breakout or premium tier for a handful of bucks a month. You get exclusive rewards and early access to this podcast, as well as a heap of other stuff. You can join all the details for our Patreon. You can find at coachespanel.tv. Tomorrow, we hit the number 47. Tomorrow, our first forward revealed. Who is it? <laughs> We'll see you tomorrow.